Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Pixels and Ink. This is episode 22. How are you, Mackenzie? I'm doing great. How are you? Good. It's good to see you. I feel like we always say we're doing great, but yeah. we really are. I am awful today. <laughs> How are you? It's always a good day at Mindfire. <laughs> yeah, it is. Absolutely a good day. So today we're going to talk a little bit further about the power of the personalized URL. And what we've been doing in the past couple of episodes is setting the stage and the foundation for how you use them, right? We've gone through kind of an overview of how you put them together and the types of campaigns that they're useful for at a high level. So what we're going to do today is dive into some of the tools that you can use to build personalized URL marketing automation campaigns more easily and more effectively. Yeah, and even if you're not directly connecting direct mail with the web, so maybe you're just working with a single channel, let's say email, yep. um, these tools are all still applicable. So you definitely want to listen and tune in. Yeah, definitely. So we're going to talk about three different types of tools, right? We've categorized these based on uh, what we've seen our customers do, our partners, and in fact, a lot of the stuff that mm -hmm. you use, Mackenzie, right here yep. at Mindfire. So We've put those into three different groups. So group number one are the tools that you can use to create content. And when we say content, we, we mean both words and images, mm -hmm. right? So we have some tools in that area that we want to share with you. And then the second spot is? Is for tools for managing, enriching, and massaging your data. So basically, um, when you're using your communication, you want to be more personalized, more relevant. And so these tools are going to help you do that. Yep. And then at the third bucket, we have the tools that help you monitor activity and improve your campaign so that you can get the most out of them and do that in the quickest time possible so that you can maximize all of the information that's coming into you and act on it. Yeah, see what's working, what's not working, see how people are interacting with your campaigns and then how you can take that data to go improve your work so yep. you're becoming more efficient. Exactly. And I just want to start out by telling a little story. So I, I think I've said that I moved over to marketing now a year ago. So it's last July, so mm -hmm. a year and a little bit more. Mm -hmm. And in the beginning, there are so many different components that just freaked me me out. I mean, the creating of images and I would say, you know, I'm not a graphic artist. I'm, I remember not, that. <laughs> that's not my forte. <laughs> yep. um, or even writing emails, you know, I can be creative, but then I don't know about the grammar. And so a lot of these things started out really uncomfortable for me. And now with the use of some of these tools, they're not uncomfortable at all. And so there's a lot of things out there and I've, you know, spent some time everyone's giving me feedback of, hey, why don't you go try this? Or what about this? And so this is basically the best of the best that we use internally and that our customers use to help them, like we said, create the campaigns, look at the data, massage it, and then go improve. So I hope you find it helpful. Yeah, and a lot of these things are actually free or mm -hmm. very low in cost, right? So everything that we're talking about, you can do on a shoestring budget. You don't need to have a huge budget to put these things in place. And so as we go through these, we're going to link up a lot of snapshots and helpful links in the show notes over at mindfirestudio.com forward slash blog. So follow along with us and take a look there. Yeah. And by the way, just to start out, we want to let you know that we are not actually affiliated with any of these. So these are just products and tools mm. that we use internally, um, but we have no affiliation. That's so true. just some candid uh, information. Disclosure. All yeah. right. So with that, Mackenzie, let's jump in. So the first category we want to start off with is tools for creating content. And I'm going to start right where was most uncomfortable for me. And <laughs> okay. that was the images. Right. Um, like I said before, it was really challenging for me to visualize how I'm going to create an image. And I would get all these marketing emails or I'd go to microsites and I'd see these beautiful images. And right. I'm like, well, how do I do that? Yeah, how am I supposed to do that? Yeah. And so one of the tools that we uh, came across is called Canva. C-A-N-V-A. Yep. Again, we'll link these up in the blog. Um, basically, it's a tool that allows 
allows you to easily create images. And so you don't need to be a graphic artist. You can pick from a template. Um, they have the dimensions already pre-populated. So maybe you want a Facebook ad, or maybe you want a poster, or maybe you want um, a blog post or whatever it is. And so it gives you a template and it allows you to create images. So let's maybe dive a little bit deeper into what that means. Yeah. So let's say you want to make a Facebook ad. We've talked a lot about how you can connect direct mail with the web and use Facebook as a part of that. And you're thinking, gee, how do I, how do I make an ad for Facebook? I don't even know how big the picture should be, right? Mm -hmm. So as you said, you can go in there and pick a template. They've already got one called Facebook ad and the width and the height and pixels is already set for you. And in fact, you can use some of their templates to actually give you a head start. Now, if you need images, um, you can certainly go license those and find those online in other places, but they also have that built in. And for like a dollar, you can uh, buy one of their images and they also have a bunch that are free. A bunch of free yeah. ones, yeah. So you can use those or you can find something that you like and pay a buck and use it in your in your ad and they're all professional images. Yeah, or by the way, you can even upload any image too. So whether mm -hmm. you're using a picture of a person or I don't know, something you found on the internet. We were one time giving away an Amazon Echo. I went on Google, I found a picture of Amazon Echo, saved it on my desktop, uploaded it and used it directly on that poster. So yep. um, it's really easy to upload images or like Dave said, use from the template library there. Yeah, it's very cool. So Mackenzie, you mentioned that story about the beginning, right? And I mm -hmm. remember this is probably what a year back or so mm -hmm. I asked you to make an image for something. I can't remember what it was. And I remember that look in your eyes of what you just described now, like, oh my uh -uh. gosh, I don't know how to make images. That's not me, right? Yeah, can you do it? So, yeah. <laughs> so then tell us about what changed and, and how did Canva help you kind of get through that? So first of all, the cool thing, and I think you guys have probably, and gals have heard me say, is that I like to do the most with the least effort so mm -hmm. that I can maximize You're lazy. <laughs> no, no I want to maximize my time. Yeah, so um, once I got that first one under my belt, so first of all, we created the 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 dimensions in uh -huh. Canva. You can also do a custom dimension. That's, That's good to know. Yep. Um, once we have that little template, uh, we start out with a background. So it allows you to pick from your one of your images or you can even just pick from one of the colors. They even have like um, wallpaper type backgrounds to make it switch up a little and be exciting. Uh, you get the background down. And then the cool thing is you can just play around with different areas. It's almost like you can put some text on there. You can move it around. You can see what looks better. They have a number of different fonts. Um, so once I was able to do one, then I was smooth sailing from there. And it's basically just take that one, copy it, change some stuff, put a new image, maybe change the title up, um, move some stuff around and then see what works. And so for me now, I go into Canva and I'm not scared. Okay. And that to me is the biggest impact in my campaigns. Cause if I'm fearful about something, I feel right. like that impacts my creativity. Right, right. Um, whereas if you have a tool that allows things to be easy for you, I can go in there, I can create images. And by the way, if it doesn't look good, you can quickly move things around. Right. Um, also I can say, Hey Dave, why don't you go look? I made three images and, um, that, that, that's helpful to us. I know sometimes the first or second image I make maybe isn't the one that we actually end up using in the emails, but you're like, oh, why don't you go try another one? You can check them, you know? And so it can be the same basis. Maybe you use the same picture, you move it to the left a little and it allows you to quickly, you know, create those images and collaborate. And yeah, and to be clear, guys, this is not Adobe Photoshop. It's not Illustrator. So it doesn't have a lot of complex uh, different things that you can do, but the basics are there. And very you can simple. make some, yeah, you can make some very killer images. I mean, I think that uh, one of the things you mentioned when we were getting ready for the show, Mackenzie, is that, you know, you don't have to have a graphic designer on your team, somebody mm -hmm. who's classically trained, let's say in, in the art and in the design of graphics, you don't have to have somebody like that to make professional looking images anymore. Exactly. Right. You can do that with Canva. And 
I, if I recall, it's free, right? Mm -hmm. There is a free version, mm -hmm. and then there's one that's like a step up that's maybe 10 bucks a month or something. I can't remember. Right, it's, relatively inexpensive. Yeah, it's de minimis. It's, it's not much at all. Super easy to use. And again, you don't have to have a graphic designer on staff, which I always thought like, oh, when I'm getting these marketing emails, they must have someone who yep. just their whole job is to do these images. Mm -hmm. And that's why I was scared. Yep. Uh, but with this tool, it's really easy, and uh, you can wear multiple hats. Yeah, so one last plug for Canva. The other thing you can do uh, is create print image uh, images for print or yeah, print documents. So really great. yeah, you can not only, you know, do these things for the web, but you can also do them from print as well. All right. So that's Canva and we'll link that up in the show notes for you. Yeah. And so the second thing from there, when you're creating content, obviously if you think about content, you think about, okay, what does your email say? What does your direct mail piece say? What does your microsite say? Right. It's all about getting that message to your audience and uh, hopefully getting it out there eloquently and free of any grammar errors and spelling and stuff like that, which of course, if you use Google sheets or Google docs or whatever, it has a spell checker, mm -hmm. but I've found that that does not really work the best. Okay. Uh, so what's the second tool? So this next thing that we use is called Grammarly. So I'm going to spell it here for you. It's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y. And again, we'll link that in the show notes, Grammarly.com. And just kind of like you said about having a graphic designer on staff, you don't need to necessarily have a copywriter on staff either. Um, Grammarly lets you write out the stuff that you want to put in an email or on a landing page. And then it does a lot of editing and suggesting uh, for that content uh, right there on the right-hand side of the page. So you're writing it on the left, and on the right-hand side, it's making little suggestions to you. So it's been very helpful for us, mm -hmm. I think, not only to proofread and get stuff kind of just that first pass of the content accomplished or, or completed, but also to then improve the content and take it to the next step. Yeah, and it's not just spelling and grammar. It also does, you know what, hey, you've used this word multiple mm, times, yep. or what about this? Or And it gives you suggestions. So it's not just the, hey, go fix this. It's, yep. okay, if you're doing, let's say, a plural, it has these three different options. Like if you're trying to say this, then right. do this. Right. And so I love those suggestions because sometimes those suggestions give me ideas for, mm -hmm. you know, I'm like, mm, you know what, that's a good idea. I'll switch out this sentence or I'll move it here or whatever it is. Right. So um, I really love Grammarly. It's you can go to their web browser. And I also like that you can categorize different stuff. So it can be all of our email content in one area. You can do your microsites in another area. And then you can always go reference those as you continue to write new content. Um, I sometimes go back and look at our previous emails just to make sure I'm not saying the same thing because I know I typically tend to use the same phrases okay. um, over and over. So I try to go back and look at those. Um, the other cool thing is not only can you do it in the web browser, but then once you sign up for Grammarly, it it like takes in. over your yeah. life. Yeah, it basically <laughs> plugs into everything. So yeah. it's, it automatically plugs in when I'm typing email in my Gmail. Yep. Um, I notice it, it when I'm doing Facebook posts, even my personal Facebook posts, it's like, oh, you misspelled this word. I'm like, oh, crap. Yeah, and <laughs> it's it's really easy. It's really wonderful. And then you can accept or deny the changes too, and it automatically updates your copy, which yep. is really cool because you're not having to recreate those drafts with you know new uh, drafts each time. You can just accept them. It automatically updates your copy, and it's right there for yep. you. Now, one thing that we're going to do, we're going to run an experiment, right, mm -hmm. Mackenzie? So between now and next week, we're also going to try one other really cool feature of Grammarly that we haven't tried. So typically, our workflow here at Mindfire is we'll have somebody write the first draft of the content. We have a lot of different people look at it and give input and make suggestions. Um, and then often we will publish, this is a little, uh, uh, little inside secret here, folks. We will often publish these posts without having gone through a proofreader yet, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the reasons we do that is because we analyze how people interact with our content and then make some significant changes in some cases and then have it go through a proofreading process. And we actually do pay 
uh, some independent contractors to do that proofreading. But as you may know, it's what kind of adds up. It adds up. Yeah, it's kind of expensive. Um, Now, what we're going to experiment with in Grammarly is a feature that they have where, just as you stated, Mackenzie, you write your email, you revise it, you do whatever you're doing to it, and then you can push one button and you can have a group of professional proofreaders, which Grammarly has kind of on their back end, go in and review your content. And it's as cheap as two cents a word. So like I I have on the screen here an email that uh, one of us had written here. And if you want a 24-hour turnaround, so you want it back by tomorrow, this particular email would have been three dollars and eight cents to proofread that's amazing that's like a minute (laughs) of a contractor it's unreal if you wanted it back in three hours it would be a little bit more about nine dollars and if you were really impatient and wanted it back in 30 minutes it's 18 dollars. again these are very reasonable rates compared to what you would pay a professional proofreader and they've got options like um, you know folks with masters and phd degrees in english on their back end uh, reading this stuff for you. So really impressive. We're going to try that out for you and we'll report back next week and let you know how it works. Yeah, and cross our fingers that it works because that would be amazing. Yeah, it's going to be great. So that's Grammarly. Again, we'll have that in the show notes for you. Grammarly, very, very cool tool, very powerful. So what's the next thing we want to share here? So the next thing is called HTML Edity. Actually, they have other Edity CSS and a bunch of those, but I'm just going to focus on HTML Edity. When you are in your Gmail and you go into your Google Drive, you know that you have a number of different um, tools, right? So Google Sheets, just like Microsoft Word, or excuse me, Google Doc, just like Microsoft Word, Google Sheet, which is Microsoft Excel. Um, And then if you look down to more, there's HTML. HTML editing. So we'll go ahead and put that in the blog as well. So one thing people might not know, uh, we kind of assumed everybody knows, is that uh, Google has a whole suite of Office-like products. So you know how Microsoft, you just said, has Word, Excel, has all these different things that you run on your computer, mm-hmm. on your desktop, or on your laptop. Google actually has that full suite of products, but online and in the web browser. And free. And free, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. And so there's a lot of advantages to that. One of the, one of the advantages that's uh, tremendous is, you probably know, Mackenzie, you've had this experience where, you know, like, I write a document, I save it as, you know, underscore draft one, I send oh, it gosh. to you. Yeah, you put underscore draft one, underscore MF, or whatever, you send it back to me. And it's, you have all of these weird underscores and all of these things people do to keep track of their changes, right? Well, with Google and having it be online, mm-hmm. all you do is share it. So I just share my document to you. You make revisions to it. I can accept those or I can ignore them or whatever. Um, and then we all continue working from that one persistent copy of the document. Right. So it allows you to collaborate with having, without having any crossover. Mm-hmm. And one of the cool things is that you can always go back and check out the other versions. And yep. so you can resurrect them. Yep. So let's talk about HTML editing specifically then in that context. So you're building an email or you're building a landing page you're using this as part of your marketing automation workflow. Mm -hmm. So tell our listeners where in your personal process does HTML editing come into play and how do you use it? Okay, so I love HTML editing. If you could marry it, you would? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) But what HTML editing for me is the joining of the image that I created in Canva and the text that I created in Grammarly. And so what I do basically is I open up uh, my generic template that I have for email. So it's pretty Pretty much the same. I typically have an image at the top. I have some text. I have some links, and then I have my signature and all that kind of stuff. So you always start from a basic template. I always start from a 
okay. basic template. Would you like to make that available for folks at mm -hmm. the blog? Yeah, okay. I can make that available. Um, you're giving them all our free stuff. That's okay. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, of course. So we'll make it available. But I have that basic template and then I go in and once I have downloaded Canva and I've uploaded it to where we store our images, we use Amazon Web Services, um, wherever it is, I take that link and I just place it right in where in the href where the image goes in your email. Okay. So um, the cool thing about HTML editing, this is my favorite part about it, is that it shows you your HTML on the left-hand side mm -hmm. and the actual vision uh, and the version of the email on the right-hand side. Okay. Meaning that you can see what the HTML looks like and then you can see what the actual uh, view of the email looks like to a user or someone who would get the email. Okay, you guys can't see this. Mackenzie's using her hands and she's showing me a very elaborate <laughs> representation of this. Left-hand side is the editing. Is HTML and this right side over here. Right-hand side is the image. Image, okay, And for perfect. me, that's just fantastic because a lot of times before I started using Edity, if I was run, uh, creating some HTML background, you know, taking a step back, I'm not an HTML person. Well, now I am, I'd say. <laughs> I, I want to say that. Mm -hmm. um, but I had no idea what I was doing. And so when I would change something, sometimes I would open up a tag and then the entire freaking document would go bold. I'm like, oh no, what do what I, I do? do? Yeah. Um, but when you can see something side by side, you're able to make those changes. So bring that Grammarly text in, put it in the area where the copy is, bring that image in, put it in there. And then you're like, you know what? Uh, something that we just tried today is instead of having the image right at the top of our email, we had a sentence before saying, Mm -hmm. this is something that pertains to you or whatever it is right and so what you can do is like okay here's where the image is and right above that I'm gonna do some text well sometimes the formatting gets off or it's in the middle and you can quickly see without having to do anything what it looks like and yep. so as you make those changes it's quickly updating and you can track them and the other thing I like about it is that you can learn so you can see the HTML, like let's say you're doing bullets, you know, where you can see what it looks like. Maybe I, for example, go look up in Google uh, HTML tags for bullets, and I copy what I see on, you know, what I see on the documents um, in Google, and then I go and do it. Well, after doing that so many times, you remember, okay, well, that's UL in tags, you know, and so when I can see something and then see the direct effect, it allows me to learn those tags, and then over time, I become much more efficient and work faster. And so I know because it's Google Docs, what you'll often do is once you've got it to a place where you think it's uh, you know ready for review, you'll send you, you'll share it and send it out to other people to take a look mm -hmm. at, right? And so just like we talked about with the uh, the Word documents and and the Google Sheets and things like that, you'll have a revision history so you can see if somebody screwed up your HTML or did something that you didn't want dun, them dun, to. Dun. Yeah, you can always revert <laughs> back. So. Uh, very cool. And again, HTML Editing will link that up for you. Yep. And then once I'm done, once everyone's collaborated on, they've taken a look, I then take that, mm -hmm. put it in my actual uh, marketing automation, and it's ready to go for testing. You just copy and paste? Just copy and paste. Okay. Super easy. Also, if you want to uh, send files in there, you can. So we just had a group of people who came through training, and I wanted to show them um, how to use Editing. Well, what I could do is I could create a read-only version. People can save it, and then they can have their own templates. So okay. that's another you know cool application. Very cool. What's our last and final um, tip for content? Okay, so this next thing is called Beacon, and it's a relatively new tool for us too. I think we've been using it maybe two months now yep. or so. So here's the situation. You've got your blog. Let's say it's hosted in WordPress, which is, by the way, what we use here at MindFire. And you've got some good content on there, and you want to make an ebook as a lead magnet. If you refer back to some of our earlier um, mm -hmm podcast, you'll know that the importance of a lead magnet. But let's say you're thinking, gee, I just don't know how to make these things look good, right? Mm -hmm. Again, going back to what you were saying about the images, you know, you might be thinking, I'm not a graphic designer. I've never designed a book cover or an ebook or whatnot. So that's where Beacon comes into play. What it does, really cool, is you install Beacon into your WordPress environment, and then you basically point it at one of your 
blog posts. And it will take your blog post and automatically make it a beautiful ebook. Now, it gives you a starting point based on some templates. You can go in then and change a few things and say, I want to change this image or change this layout or change this text, mm -hmm. whatever. But really, at the click of a button, you get a beautiful ebook that you can then start to massage and manipulate to uh, meet your preferences. But it takes away all of that you know, fear of, oh, I don't know how to make it look good, or I don't know how to put this thing together, automatically does it for you, creates a PDF, and you're off to the races. Yeah, it's super easy. So basically taking that blog post and automatically, like Dave says, turning it into an ebook or some yep. piece of content, which yep. is which is amazing. It takes, I don't know, when we first started doing this, I used to do this, take a PowerPoint, and then start to create our uh, ebooks in PowerPoint. And uh -huh. that was so scary and so yep. time consuming yep. and a uh, good thing I had a good teammate on her name was Camille but uh, we would do some ebooks together and it just took a long time and it was just it was pretty daunting uh, yep. but now with Beacon it just quickly makes you uh, have the ability to do that yeah so. and you know one thing that I said there that people might uh, kind of wonder about it's the idea of taking a blog post and making it do an ebook and it's like you already have the blog post why would you make an ebook out of it aren't people going to say hey I already saw the blog post why would I read the ebook and I know you and I've had discussions about this before and I think one thing that's important to remind everybody is not everyone consumes information in the same way mm -hmm. right so I may not have read your blog post but I may like to download ebooks right. or I may like to download ebooks but not read a blog post so even if you think gee I already have this stuff on my website and it's uh, I don't why do I need to put it in an ebook format well you know what test that assumption just create an ebook see what happens put it up behind a small form on your website or promote it with facebook ads mm -hmm. or use it as a lead magnet on your direct mail page if you're using pearls to go to a, to a microsite and see what happens beacon makes it very simple to experiment with that and make some killer looking ebooks yeah and you can add pictures they i know they have images already in there or maybe you go do an image in canva and you download it and you bring it into your beacon yep. so it can take that content and make it visually appealing and make it into um, something that you can flip through the pages you know you can you can make it look great so i love beacon so those are the tools for creating content we talked about canva we talked about grammarly html editing and we just wrapped up here on beacon so that's the first set of tools that we've prepared for you. Now, let's move into the second set of tools. So the second set of tools are tools for managing, enriching, and massaging your data. And so this is moving beyond the content and actually moving into the data that you're using. Mm -hmm, very important. So the first one that we're going to talk about is Google Sheets or any of the um, objects or products in Google Drive. So like Dave was saying, they have an office-like suite of tools that you can use, which means uh, Google Docs, Google Drive, HTML editing, CSS editing. Uh, the one we're going to focus on today in this section is Google Sheets instead of Excel. Okay, yeah. So Google Sheets, just like you said, is the equivalent of Excel, but again, it's online. So just imagine if you're if you haven't used it yet, you probably have used Excel. You probably use Excel for some data manipulation and data massaging. And again, if you're working with a mail file, again, let's tie this back to direct mail mm -hmm. and to pearls. And if you want to start this and you don't want to make it too complex, you're thinking, how do I get started with this? I, I don't want to uh, incur a lot of additional complexity. Well, you might consider doing your data massage, your manipulation in Excel. Mm -hmm. And so here with Google Sheets, what you're doing is you're replacing that step with Google so that you can do those edits, you can do those updates, and then share it and collaborate within a team to ensure that everybody's working on the same set of data. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if you've ever run into this, McKinsey, but it's, it's not uncommon for um, people to have different versions of the data, right? I've got underscore one, you've got underscore two, and we're not sure which one's the latest. 
right? It's a nightmare. I can see you shaking your head right now. You know what that's like. So when when you centralize your data in Google Sheets for the massaging and um, you know that part of the process, you can be ensured that everybody's looking at the current version of the truth. Right. And by the way, if you're using a CRM or a marketing automation tool, you can quickly download that CSV or download that um, Excel, you know, .xls or whatever it is, and use it and to upload into your system. Yep. So they make it really easy, um, and I just love it. Yep. So Google Sheets again, free. Uh, you get it from Google and it certainly helps that part of the process. So that's one thing that we recommend there for data manipulating and massaging. So what are the next set of tools in this area? So the next set are tools that allow you to enrich your data. And so obviously you're running these marketing programs because you're targeting specific people. And what do you want to do at the end of the day? You want to connect with them, right? Mm -hmm. sure. And so there's a number of tools out there that allow you to leverage information that's on the web or leverage information about a contact or a company so that when you're targeting these people, when you're sending them emails, maybe when you're picking up the phone and calling them, you know more about them, you know their personality, and you can hopefully um, solicit a better response from them. So sure. the first one is Reportive. Yeah, Reportive is really cool. So again, for us, uh, if you're using Gmail, it also works with Outlook, I know. Um, you install a small plugin into your email, and what it does is on the right-hand side, at least for us uh, using Gmail, on the right-hand side of your email pane, you'll see a little, uh, little snippet of text that tells you more about that person. It pulls in some data from LinkedIn, it pulls in data from other social profiles. And so if you're in sales or if you're responsible for following up with leads, you can use that information to help you understand more about the person that you're about to talk to or the person you're about to email. Yeah, another cool thing about it that I sometimes use it is um, I always verify that the email address that I have for the person is correct. Mm. So let's say you type in Dave R at Mindfire Inc with two C's.com. Okay. Well, that little image that comes up on the right is not going to be him. It's just going to be no search found or whatever it is. You're uh, like, oh, maybe I had a typo in my email. Yep. Um, and so that's one of the things I use it for too. Like if I just to verify emails, because not only does it come up with that person's data, but it allows you to know, oh, it must actually be the correct I email see. address because I see, I see the little there. profile. That's little cool. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, all right, so that's reportive, and uh, the next one is Crystal. We've talked about Crystal on the show before, so just tell folks again what Crystal is and how we use it. Okay, so Crystal is a tool that allows you to get some personality insights on um, a contact. Mm -hmm. And so um, not only does it tell you about their personality, but it also gives you um, tips and tricks on how you should uh, conversate with them. So, uh, hey, keep it brief, or hey, be punctual and right to the point, or this person likes to be spoken to like this. And mm -hmm. so it allows you to get better responses because you're talking to someone in a way that resonates with them. Cool. So that's crystalnose.com, mm -hmm. I believe. So yep. we'll link that one up in the show notes as well. And then the last tool here is Owler. And we just recently started using this. Mm -hmm. So tell us a little bit about what Owler is supposed to do and how you can use it to help um, get more insight. Right. So the first two tools we talked about are uh, contact level tools. So enriching okay. your data about a person. And Owler now gives you intelligence about companies. And so it gives you competitive details um, for business professionals. And so you can quickly learn information maybe about your competitors or other companies out there. Maybe someone says, hey, how are you different from this company? And so you can use Aller to get information about that. Um, you can also get customized insights on your customers and partners, basically any company um, rather than just the person. And something that you want to keep in mind is, yeah, you are talking to a person when you're emailing them, but you're also talking to a person that works at a company. Right. And so you want to start to use the intelligence that you have on that company rather than just the person on a personal level. 
Okay, so that's the second group of tools, the ones that you can use for managing and enriching your content. And now let's move into the third and final group of tools that we've pulled together here for you. And these are the tools that will help you monitor the activity um, that's going on within your campaign. So let's say you've sent out 100,000 direct mail pieces or maybe 500,000 emails, whatever the number is for you, and now stuff's starting to happen, right? And if you're like me or like us, you know, we like that real-time insight. We like to make changes quickly once we have enough data uh, to be able to improve what's happening. And so what we've got in this section here are a bunch of tools that we use here at MindFire, that our partners use, our clients use, to help them do exactly that. Yeah, so Dave, this is your area of expertise. I actually learned a lot of this stuff from Dave. So oh, okay. why don't you start us out? So I'm just going to make up a bunch of stuff right now. No, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right. So the first thing you want to think of, um, if and this is applicable to you, if you're on a marketing team at an enterprise and you're doing this work, um, you know, to promote your own company, or if you're like some of our listeners who are service providers or agencies who are doing this um, for their customers, uh -huh. you, one of the things you want to find out is, especially if you're building microsites and you're you're hosting that kind of content is you want to make sure that you find out what kind of tag management solution your customer is using or if your company doesn't have a tag management solution think about acquiring one uh, so what is a tag management solution it's very very simple actually google has a free one mm -hmm. and that's actually what we use often what yep. we recommend to customers so look up tag management google or tag manager google and you'll you'll find it here's what it is in a nutshell a lot of the tools that we're about to share with you today they all have a little uh, few lines of script that you have to insert into your website, whether that be your corporate site or your microsites, your landing pages, mm -hmm. et cetera. And, and the task of managing all of those little scripts can get a little cumbersome at times. So what the tag manager solution does is allow you to insert one script in all of your web properties and then manage all of those little other scripts from one place, the, the Google interface. So instead of having to go in and manage them each individually at, at each website or landing page, you're doing it from one place in a web-based interface where you have the ability to manage it more easily. So the first thing we would suggest you do is have a tag management solution in place. Very simple to do. So what? let's tell our listeners what output that will have for them. So we just talked about the script and how it makes it easier for them. But yep. what is that, what, uh, that going to do for them at the output? Yeah, so at the end of the day, once you have that tag management solution in place, then you can start to insert these different tags into your tag manager solution. So one of them being Google Analytics, mm -hmm. as an example. So I'm sure you've all heard of Google Analytics. Again, free tool, very powerful to use with your super marketing important. automation. Yeah, super important. Um, there are others, but we're going to talk about Google Analytics today. So one of the outputs of that, McKinsey, is being able to see what's going on in your site, going on in your landing pages, going on in your microsites mm -hmm. um, in real time. You can also go back and look you know, behind you. Uh, where are your leads coming from? Where should you be spending more of your dollars? Um, where are you getting traffic? Where's that traffic coming from? Uh, Google Analytics is very helpful for that. So using the tag management solution, instead of having to go in and put the Google Analytics tag into every website and every landing page, mm -hmm. you just simply put it inside your tag manager and assuming you have your tag manager configured correctly, now you have it available on all of your sites and you can compile all that information. Awesome. Makes your job so much easier. And one thing about Google Analytics that I love is that it allows you to track on a more granular level. So, for example, a lot of marketers say, oh, 50% uh, of our sales came from our website or 50%, you know, 20% came from trade shows or, you know, whatever it is. But this takes it a step further. And mm -hmm. so cool. 
they came from your website. That's awesome. How did they get to your website? Yep. What were they searching for? Um, are you spending dollars on, um, you know, SEO or things like that on um, topics that people are not even searching for? Or something that we actually even found, I'm going to give them our secret, is that sure. we found that we are, a lot of people are coming in, you know, with different search terms that we weren't even putting any uh infrastructure yep, emphasis on, that's right. you know, and yep. so it allows you to look at what people are doing, how people are finding you and then go inflate that so you can get more people like them so you can help people at the end of the day. Yeah. So one of the additional tools that kind of goes hand in hand with Google Analytics um, is the concept of UTM tags. So if you're an enterprise marketer, you're probably familiar with this term, Omniture, Google Analytics and other solutions like that all use UTM. It's a standard way of tracking uh, the links that you're using in emails and on your web pages to understand uh, kind of what's going on so that you can do attribution. So, uh, Mackenzie, tell us a little bit more about UTM and, and why it's important to us and how we use it. Right. So you're, we're, we're tying this back to pearls, right? And so mm -hmm. pearls allow you to track who's engaging with, you know, your different pieces of content. So right. uh, Dave opened up this email or Dave submitted this form or whatever. Dave, maybe Dave didn't do this. Uh -huh. Now within that email content or within that copy, there's places they, they can click. Like we talked about the image, maybe in one email, there's an image at the top and there's three different places people can click. Well, how would you know which link they're clicking? How would you know how people are behaving if you didn't have this UTM? And so what it allows you to do do is it basically is uh, goes at the end of your um, URL. So you'll have your pearl there, you know, Dave Rosenthal dot blah, blah, blah dot com, whatever it is. Yep. And then after it, there's a way to track. OK, so where did he come from? What medium did he come from? OK, so maybe it was the podcast 22 email and maybe he clicked on the image at the top or whatever it is. And so you can quickly go and use an URL builder. You can find it online, easy, free. Um, you can just go on Google and just type in URL builder and it allows you to add parameters to the URL and so you can um, use it in your web-based or email campaigns. Yeah so with those parameters there's a set of standard parameters that UTM uses then things like Google Analytics can provide you reporting mm -hmm. that know to look for those tags and those parameters to create you some reporting so to do exactly what you stated um, you know say okay you're getting a lot of your traffic from email number two and um, you're also getting a lot of traffic from this particular link on your website on this particular page, right? So you're getting a level of granular insight that you don't necessarily get unless you're using something like a UTM tag to be able to tell what's happening. Right. And just a little quick tidbit there. You want to make sure that you're being consistent with how you're classifying these. Yep. So for example, if email the email is podcast 21, next time you wouldn't say 22nd podcast. Just the more consistency you have in your links and your UTMs, the easier it is for you to find this attribution. Yep. And this is something that you'll probably notice now as you go through marketing campaigns uh, just from people that are targeting you you'll start to see them so I know for me before I never used these UTM strings I would just do tip you know your regular pearl and now when I'm getting marketing emails yeah, you well, see it everywhere yeah you yep. see it everywhere and you're like oh this is from this email blah 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 and yep. it, and it's pretty it's much just, a standard yeah it's standard yep. so it's, it's pretty cool because as you start to be aware of some of these tools you'll start to see yourself interacting with them on others and then for me sometimes I'll like to check on what other people are doing you know yep. like check out what uh, Nike or whatever they are what, what they're putting in their classification so I can see kind of what level of granular detail they're looking and that helps me in my marketing so that's how you use Google Analytics and UTM text to make your, your marketing more trackable and more measurable. And so let, now let's imagine for a moment, McKinsey, you've got this traffic coming in, you're measuring it, you're looking at it, and you've got a particular page, a landing page, let's say, that's just not working for some reason. People aren't converting mm -hmm. at the level you would think they, they should be. 
Um, what can we do to peel back kind of the layers of obscurity and actually understand what's happening on that page? Yeah, so I know we've spoken about this uh, briefly in some previous episodes. This is just something that we love, um, but it's called Hotjar. 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 And um, <laughs> this is a company that has a product that allows you to see people's behaviors on your microsites and your landing pages, yep. meaning you can see where their mouse is scrolling, what they're clicking on or trying to click on, yep. uh, what they're circling, how they're filling in the form seeing where they're getting hung up. Maybe you see someone, you're like, oh gosh, how come no one is converting on this page? Like what's going on? Well, then you see when you go and look at Hotjar that people are trying to click the submit button 50 times. Yep. Well, maybe your link is broken. Um, something that we just actually experienced was there was an image on one of our blog posts and Dave noticed that on Hotjar, people were trying to click it. And so we actually brought our team together and we're like, okay, what do we think that these people are trying exactly. to do by clicking this yep. image? And it wasn't a, it wasn't a clickable image. It at was that not point. a clickable yeah. image at that point. Right. And so we all kind of got together and we're like all right well people are trying to look at something and mm -hmm. so we all gave our input what we think it is at the end of the day we changed that image to be a clickable image yep. Yep. Um, so that people can get what they're looking for and yep. so that's you know something that I love about Hotjar is you get to see how people interact with your campaign because the way that I interact is probably not the way oh, that yeah. you interact. Oh yeah, so different. Yep, that's and absolutely so, right. Yeah, it, it just allows you to see where people are getting hum, hung up, um, and then also you can find their problems or and solve their problems before you know it gets to be an actual yeah. real problem. I think that's a great point you made, Mackenzie, because a lot of times I know for me what I try to do is always remind myself that the way I interact with something is just one person, right? And just because I think, well, that makes sense. Of course, you're going to do this. Heck no. You know, people do things differently. And with Hotjar, it opens up your eyes to, okay, exactly how are they doing it? What yeah. are they doing? And you get to learn from people. Something that we learned is that, I mean, people like to click on images. Mm -hmm. And so I know that I was actually, if you guys listened to our, uh, or saw our last blog post, it's a grand slam of pearls. Basically, it's a whole um, gamut of information and resources, a resource guide, basically. And when I first typed up the blog episode, I had a bunch of them just text only. And Dave's like, hey, we've seen on Hotjar that people love little images. And so what I did is I went back and I added images. Um, and it, it just allows you to make your uh, pages more people friendly. Your content, right. your pages. Yep. And especially if you're a response driven marketer, like in our example, and you see people actually clicking on something, but it's not doing anything for them. Scary. Well, shoot, you're losing an opportunity <laughs> to do something potentially there, right? So that's Hotjar. And uh, okay, we've got two more here now. So let's talk about the next two. So the next one that we're going to go to is for um, following up with people that engage with your content. And this is really, really important. So you're a marketer or you're a person selling uh, these marketing solutions, whatever it is, you're using pearls in some way so that you can track how people are interacting with your content and so that you can personalize that content, right? Well, if you are having these people engaged with you and you're not following up immediately, you are missing the entire point, right? Yep, big time. Um, so it's really important to quickly follow up with people and these people are gold. These are the people that are raising their hand. They're they're engaging with you. And so you want to make sure that you are connecting with them and you're not letting them slip away. So uh, why don't you tell our listeners about lead alerts and what they can do for us? Yeah. So when, what we do here at MindFire, we have this concept of a lead alert. Basically, it's something that we determine um, is an important activity or an action that a person takes within a marketing workflow. Mm -hmm. 
that needs to have some sort of follow-up or some sort of next step. And these lead alerts typically go to either somebody on your team, McKenzie, on our SDR or MRR team. These are the people that are following up um, with things that are happening kind of the top of our funnel. And sometimes these lead alerts go to our sales team, right? The, the folks that are working with the opportunities that are more in the middle of the funnel. And then sometimes they even go to our support team, right? right? For existing customers. So it really depends on where in the funnel they are and where in a marketing workflow you're using these things. But the bottom line is that these things are triggered by activities that folks take within your marketing workflows so that you can get uh, with them on the phone or in some cases email or text message. We text a lot of people um, to follow up on whatever it is that, that might be the next logical next step. Mm-hmm, exactly. And just going, I think it's, you brought up a great point. Well, yes, of course, these are great for new leads or prospects or people in your opportunity funnel, but also so important for your current customers. Yep. I know, for example, um, if we saw a current customer going on our website and they downloaded, you know, today four different things about um, university student outreach programs, yep. you know, different case studies. Well, we could, our client services and our support team can know, hey, maybe they have a campaign coming up, you yep. know, that has to do with student search, or maybe they have something that they're, that they're working on. And so it allows us to pick up the phone and say, hey, we want to help you with that. Yep. Um, so all of these things are really useful with your current customer database as well and allowing you the open communication between you and your customers and knowing what they're looking for so that you can help them out. Now, I mentioned SMS, and that's one of the things that we actually have experimented with too, right? Mm-hmm. So on, on lead alerts, so uh, m- many times they go to email. Right. Um, but let's say there's a particular one that you want to make sure the team does not miss. So how would you use SMS in that case? In our Gmail, we have, if you are a demo requester or if you're someone's says contact me now, basically our best hand raisers, people that we want to call ASAP immediately one second into it. um, We have from our email a forward function that forwards them to text message us. So for example, if you go on our website right now and you, you can, by the way, test us on this, please do. (laughs) Um, If you go on our website and you hit a demo request form or a contact me form, What will happen is that we will get an automatic email saying, hey, Dave Rosenthal went on your website and uh, requested a demo. But then simultaneously, me and Dave and some others will get a text message saying this person went on our website and requested a demo. And this is great for weekends. So we are all about, you know, being involved 24-7. Maybe you're in Australia. Maybe you're in the UK. But no matter what it is, we want to make sure that you're able to talk to us if you want to talk to us. Mm -hmm. And so uh, maybe it's 7 p.m. But and I'm not in front of my computer. Maybe I'm with my family or whatever it is. But I get a text message saying, hey, demo requester. Well, we can go quickly say, hey, who's who's available right now? Right. And so someone say, oh, I got it. Yep. And so it allows you to follow up with people immediately. And it adds that extra layer of, hey, this is something important. We need to follow mm-hmm. up on it beyond everything that's pouring into our inboxes. Yep. So that's the concept of a lead alert. And I've got one more here that we want to share with you. And uh, this is called Clipfolio. So I'm going to spell it for you. It's K-L-I-P-F-O-L-I-O. And Clipfolio helps you solve the following. So let's say that as a marketing team or as a sales team, you want to be able to pull in multiple data sources into one dashboard. So let's say um, maybe you want to pull in Google Analytics and you also want to have some Salesforce data and maybe you also want some MindFire data and Mm -hmm. you, you want that all in one place. You want that all in one nice pretty screen. Well, what Clipfolio allows you to do is actually connect to those different data sources and then use those different data sources to create different representations of that data. So you could 
build yourself one dashboard that has some Google Analytics information and some Salesforce data in it. And you can save that and then share that with your team and so make cool. it, yeah, make it easily and readily available. So it's also very inexpensive. I think it's like 20 bucks a month. And it's a very, very helpful tool for allowing you to pull everything together. Now, you know what? I'm going to spring something new on you here, Mackenzie. Okay. It just popped in my head and we should have had it on our list. <sighs> Zapier. Oh, I love yeah. Zapier. Boom, Zapier. By the way, this is something, again, going back a year ago that I would have been like, I, will, I don't even know what that is. Yeah, so let's talk about Zapier. Um, so Zapier makes you happier. Yeah. <laughs> Zapier does <laughs> So what it does is, um, you know, as a marketer or um, as a salesperson uh, involved in these types of campaigns, whether they be direct mail or email, single channel, multi-channel, whatever, you often run into situations where you need to integrate with another system, mm -hmm. right? And if you're not a programmer, can you code McKinsey? Nope. No, you can't. Well, I'm, you could if you oh, wanted if to. Oh, if I wanted to, absolutely. Absolutely, you could. But you don't right now, Correct. right? Uh, but if you needed to integrate with another system, let's say go to webinar or go to meeting, you might not be able to do that at the code level, but using Zapier, you can certainly do it. So here's what Zapier does, basically. It allows you to connect pretty much any application to any other application. So cool. And, and, and it's not everything, but it's maybe four or 500 different applications, right? So you could connect your marketing automation system on one side to go to webinar on mm -hmm. the other side. And, and you do it all through point and click. You or just, to your CRM. Or, or to your CRM, yeah. You just match it up and they have different ways to allow you to do that. But they're all basically kind of templated workflows for saying, okay, if something happens here, then do this next step. Yep. So very powerful. Zapier, Z-A-P-I-E-R.com. Yeah, and something that I like about Zapier too is it allows you to quickly go in there and change stuff up. So I don't remember the exact example, but a few weeks ago we had some zaps running and uh, we wanted to change up something in the content. I don't remember exactly what it was, but okay. change something up in the content and you literally go back, check your live zaps that are going on, uh, go through the different steps and you can just quickly change it. I think it was an email or something like yep. that that was integrated. Yep. But vaguely um, recall that. Yeah, but it, it's just a really cool application that allows you to connect things if you're not currently a coder. And so many of these tools that we've we've gone over in this section are all tools that allow you to be more than you maybe are at this point. And so, you know, Google Tag Manager, um, Google Analytics, URL, UTM Builder, Hotjar, Lead Alerts, uh, Clipfolio, these are all great tools that allow you to tap into maybe um, things that you wouldn't be able to do if you weren't currently a coder, but get them done and track all that data. Yeah, and supercharge yourself. I mean, mm -hmm. you can you can do these things, guys and girls. This, you don't have to be Einstein to do this stuff. Mm -hmm. If mm -hmm. I can do it, you can do it. I that's that's my that's my thing. <laughs> if I can do it, you can do it, and Absolutely. it's true. You know, there's yeah. so many things on here. Uh, we should probably just summarize all the different tools, but. These are all things that at one point I was absolutely afraid of and was scared. And yeah. if I can do it, you can do it. There you go. All right, folks. Well, that brings us to a close here. All of the things in our, well, I shouldn't say all, right, Mackenzie? Many of the things in our toolkit. We're going to report back to you next week on the result Grammarly. of the experiment. Yeah, for Grammarly. And coming up next, in the next couple of episodes, we're going to do some really cool stuff. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about uh, the three uh, common use cases that we see when connecting uh, direct mail with the web through the use of personalized URLs. Mm -hmm. There are three very specific use cases you don't want to miss. Um, if you're a marketer, 
or if you are a service provider offering these services to customers, you need to know about these three techniques so that you can maximize the opportunity you have to generate more leads and sales. So that's going to be next week. And then following that, what do we have lined up? Yeah, we have how pearls drive higher ed student acquisition. So now we're going to start into how you can take pearls and use them in specific industries, starting with in two weeks from now, higher ed. And then after that, we're going to move from higher ed and we're going to go into automotive. So how you can basically sell more cars with pearls. Yep. And even if you're not doing direct mail, right? Yeah, if you're thinking, shoot, I, I'm predicated largely on email. Okay, mm -hmm. that's fine. You can still use pearls. It doesn't have to only be print. Correct. Um, but you can you can learn from these guests about how to drive more students into a university or how to sell more cars and apply those things to your industries and your verticals. Yeah, too. good point. So for those two industries, we're going to have uh, leading experts come and you'll be able to hear from them firsthand how they did this stuff. Yep. And, and then after that, what do we have? And then we're going to wrap everything up with where you can go from here and how you can actually get this stuff started. Put it into place now. Um, help your team become more effective and efficient um, in their work using personalized URLs to create leads, to um, capture people who are visiting your website, mm -hmm. um, and other use cases that you may not be thinking of that you can use internally to make yourself more productive and to help you grow your business. Yep. So thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's really nice to spend some time with you. Any questions you have, of course, please leave them at the bottom of the blog. Um, you can email us directly, but we love to get them at the bottom of the blog because then other people can see your questions. And I'm sure many people have those same questions. Absolutely. So interact with us. Um, tune in next week and we'll talk to you soon. All right, guys and girls, have a great rest of the day. Bye. Bye-bye.